1: Yeah,
2: It's a Wednesday, mid, middle of the weekday, over the hill day, closer to Friday than it was on Monday. It's a good thing. It's going to be hot today. It's going to be hot. Going to be hot, hot, hot. Uh, look for it to feel like about 102 today. But tomorrow, tomorrow, flamethrower hot. Uh, I was just looking at this uh, as I came in this morning. And you know me, I like hot weather. And uh, what they are saying for tomorrow, get ready for this one. The feels like temperature tomorrow, 103, 103. And I just told you for today, it's going to feel like 102. So it's going to be a one, it's going to be one degree hotter tomorrow. And it's going to feel like it's night. No, I'm just kidding. It's going to feel like a, a 103. I'm looking for it because tomorrow it's not, not supposed to be any clouds in the sky.
3: Well, with 103 degree temperatures all going to burn off.
2: I'm looking forward to it. I really am looking forward to it. Chances of rain today, uh, 0%. <laughs> uh, chances of rain tomorrow, 2%. And then we get a chance of rain on uh, Friday, Friday, excuse me, about 42%. on Saturday and 12% on Sunday. Um, Friday, 92 degrees, Saturday, 87, and back up to 90 degrees on Sunday. Next week, uh, looking to be in the high 80s to very low 90s. So we're getting into my time of, of the year now. I love it when it gets hot like this. People say, are you crazy, Dave? Well, I have to be honest. I didn't grow up in Arkansas. I grew what? up outside, up- outside of uh, Chicago. So, like I tell people from here, I said I'm still thawing out. I mean it. It gets cold up there, too cold.
3: As you know, Dave, I'm originally from New York, or as I like to say now, uh, very northeast Arkansas. And <laughs> <clears throat> uh, when I oh, thirty years ago, I worked for a year or so uh, in Florida. Uh, I did what's called a judicial clerkship. We talked about this on your show most yeah. recently, of course, because the suspicion, to be clear, just the suspicion is that a judicial clerk for one of the justices leaked that opinion that we've been talking about regarding the reversal of Roe versus Wade. It's a prestigious position, needless to say. Uh, the word clerk, I- 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 some people think that is a a lower position Of course, it's lower than the judge, but it's considered a very prestigious uh, position. And I had clerked in the Tampa area, in fact. It was beautiful. Loved it. Uh, And ever since then, uh, I have been far less tolerant of cold weather. Now, with that said,
2: your blood thins out.
3: My blood thinned out. Um, uh, But with that said, 103. That's some hot weather.
2: That is hot weather. Yeah, we're looking for some pretty good humidity today. I noticed as I was coming in, the uh, the uh, Little Rock, uh, the Catholic Boys High School yeah, has their the yeah the they have field. they have their uh, soccer team out there practicing in early in yeah. the morning. When yeah. I come in, they're out on the field, so they're getting here earlier than I do. And the lights are on, and you can tell the humidity is heavy because it it kind of looks foggy out right that's because right. of it that's right so well, it,
3: the cloud is basically it's
2: there away. yeah the humidity is here the heat is here i know a lot of you don't like it i love it so uh you won't hear me complaining about it
3: well dave a lot of people have said that you have a lot of humility um <laughs> Uh, but maybe they're just talking about humidity. Yeah, it could <laughs> be. It could be
2: humidity. In you know, all honesty, that's true. Hey, we got a full show today. Robert's with us for the first two hours, as well as we're being joined by Congressman French Hill at seven o five. We're going to talk to him. A lot of things to talk to him about. We can talk to him about what Joe Biden didn't say yesterday. Like, yeah, part of this is my fault. You didn't hear that yesterday. I'll tell you that. You heard it. It's everybody else's fault, but not my fault. And it's the ultra mega stuff. Uh, we'll talk about, I'm gonna, I want to talk to uh, uh, the congressman about that, about the ultra mega and what, what that really is. See if he has a definition of it. And then uh, coming up at uh, 9 o'clock, when I take a, I take an hour break and we have a, a show that comes on and talks about your money, then I'll be back on and uh, Doyle Webb will be in. Uh, the last hour and he'll be here in the studio and, uh, we'll join us and talk about what's going on in the Lieutenant governor's race. We'll talk to him about, about that. So a lot of people are going to be here, uh, today and a lot of people talking about a lot of different things. I wanted to talk to you, sir, about something that we talked about on Friday and Friday. We talked about that. It was legal to March in front of, uh, justice's houses, right? And evidently, I found out that there's a part of the penal code that
3: says, no, it's not. Well, you're right about that in a sense, meaning you're 100 percent right. There is a law that says it is illegal to uh, protest uh, judges. It doesn't matter whether it's in their house or in their office uh, with the purpose of influencing the outcome of their decision making or words to that effect. Yeah. Indeed, that law has been upheld as constitutional. It is not. It is not. It is a clear violation of the First Amendment.
2: OK, now, so the, uh, the Supreme Court has found it unconstitutional or no, oh, they have found no, they, they have, have found...
3: upheld it now. But here's why. And this is the problem when you deal with courts reviewing matters that relate to them. It's a rule that protects judges. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, they say, well, that's permissible. We we can restrict the speech because we don't like to hear it. Uh, There is nothing wrong morally, and to be clear, legally, from my interpretation, uh, with protesting a judge and telling him or her that this is how they should consider the law.
2: Okay, now I understand that. You right. don't like it. I don't particularly right. care for it. Right. But here's the key. Yep. Right now, it's the law of the land.
3: That's correct.
2: Okay. That's correct. I just wanted to make sure I was right on that. That is
3: correct. And and I was unaware of that statute at the time that we discussed it last. Right. Uh, and it's you been mean
2: all, you don't know every statute in the United you know, States?
3: I I, I skip the odd numbers. <laughs> uh, and and when I uh, read that statute, because it made the news, of course. Yeah. Uh, and I read that statute, and in fact, I got in touch'm <clears throat> <I'm> i sorry <clears throat> in the uh, I got in touch with a professor in California at uh, UCLA uh, who's also uh, involved in constitutional law, and I said, "This is a real problem." And he said, "I agree, but the Supreme Court does not okay uh, and so it is the law. they can restrict your speech. But this is the problem, folks. Every time we, we give up an inch of our freedom, we never get it back.
2: Yeah, now know that they were protesting in front of uh, Alito's house yesterday, and yep. I think Judge Roberts, too. Yep. And then I found out that there was a, a small protest. There was, about, I guess, about 10 people in front of Pelosi's house yesterday, and they were protesting, yes. saying that she hadn't done enough.
3: But interestingly, the, the law that we're talking about, and don't worry, that frog in my throat will clear up probably shortly after the show is over.
2: And jump off the lily pad.
3: That's right. Um, that the law does not restrict protesting in front of Nancy Pelosi's house. Right. And there's this false claim, albeit recognized uh, by the judges, that somehow judges shouldn't be subject to to the political uh, opinions of the public. Absolutely, they should. By the way, Chris Corbett was in court uh, regarding the freedom of a JP, a justice of the peace, to go into the quorum court without being restricted by uh, the uh, city manager.
2: Okay, now, is that uh, from Pulaski's court? Yeah, Pulaski, right. right.
3: And the judge here in Pulaski County, whose name I forget, but I'll, I'll text Chris and see if we can put it on the air, said, "And hey, you want to carry a gun in my courtroom? Meaning, that's a different case. Yeah. Right? Uh, and he said, well, I'd love to see it if you tried to carry a gun in the Capitol. And Chris said, I carry a gun in the Capitol. Because it's legal. Because it's 100% legal, as it is, by the way, 100% legal to carry a gun in the courthouse notwithstanding this leftist judge's preference to the contrary. And this is what I'm talking about. Is it about. Hyde? Hyde is the city manager who no, said okay. uh, uh, in conjunction with the sheriff <clears throat> that you that Chris couldn't bring his cor- gun into the courthouse, notwithstanding the law that says officers of the court are entitled to bring guns into the courthouse. Officers of the court, of course, refers to attorneys. If you've ever uh, watched any television show, you know that. You know, right. what, they, you know what the 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 leftists at the courthouse and in the uh the city attorney's office claim <clears throat> well you see that no the county attorneys let me be clear okay. The county attorneys office officer of the court means police officer yeah Even only
2: though, only police officer
3: well but only it, there's a separate category in the law that refers to the police officers right so you're listing them twice and of course it, it never refer, officer court has never referred to police officer it always refers to uh, attorneys. Now, by the way, there's a statute that ha- in Arkansas that makes it even broader. It covers attorneys plus others, plus others.
2: Yeah, just things to keep in mind. Yep. By the way, we always talk, talk about the Democrats and what they have said about abortion is that they wanted to keep it, uh, you know, legal, Safe, legal accessible, rare. but rare.
1: Not L-
3: anymore.
2: Listen to this protester in front of Pelosi's house. We are here because this draft decision is what it is. It's only a draft, and we will protest here in front of the leadership of the Democratic Party and in the streets from coast to coast unceasingly because we work to keep abortion legal, legal and accessible, not rare.
3: Oh, interesting. They they affirmatively disclaim the rareness. Well, of course, you remember when Hillary Clinton in a debate with Donald Trump, uh, was unwilling to say there was any time limit on abortion. Right. Um, Yeah,
2: we'll uh, take a break in a minute. Sorry. Go ahead. And,
3: And here's the key. I, personally, was one of the lead counsel in the United States Senate on the partial birth abortion ban. The lefties' faces were melting after we passed that. And it went to the Supreme Court, and it was upheld in the Carhartt case, uh, and I worked directly on that case 25 years ago or so, give or take a year <laughs> or, or, or a few. Uh, and so I've been involved in this issue for all of my professional life and then some indeed. Uh, and it is a an important issue. And it's funny, I get some comments on uh, the face post, as I like to call it, right? Yeah. Uh, one guy writes, F you. Uh, th- of course. Right, I mean, this is a kind of informed reasoning that you get from those on the Uber Left. Right, right. Um, and there's a, then there's this meme that they're cutting and pasting. Well, Jamie would have died if she didn't have abortion, and Susie would.
2: This is this is, and we're going to come back and yes, talk sir. about that because that's an important aspect of the argument. And it, it's false. It's to be clear, it's
3: false. It's there's always an exception for life of the mother.
2: That's right. All right, let's continue. I need to tell you about. Uh, my my buddy, David Lucas, over at David Lucas Financial. I've known David for years. And uh, if you want to learn about how to uh, go out and buy some silver and gold, then I would highly recommend, since he's offering these courses and, and this information, that you get a hold of them and you learn. Because you need to learn about that kind of stuff. 501-222-3315 is their number. Uh, they work with one of the only regulated and licensed national wholesalers in the country. So you get direct prices from a dealer that you can trust. You learn uh, you learn about buying silver and gold. It's not like buying stocks. It's not like buying bonds. Uh, there are ups and there are downs to it, just like there are with stocks and bonds. You can learn, lose your shirt with precious metals just as well as you can uh, with bonds. Uh, you, I got, I got to give you that warning. I got to tell you after you don't believe me, ask the Hunt brothers, uh, 501-222-3315 is the phone number to call. And remember they're an investment advisory service offered to David Lucas financial an Arkansas registered investment advisor. All right, let's continue it on here on the Dave Ellswick show. I got to tell you, I'm always amazed. Robert and I are on the same wavelength most of the time on just about everything. And he started talking about some posts that he started seeing on Facebook. And this is a move by the left. I just want you to know, this is a move by the left. Look, the left has changed the whole discussion about uh, abortion. They don't refer to what the woman is carrying as a baby anymore. You may hear this, you may not have heard it yet, but you're going to hear it. They call it a parasite. They say that the baby is a parasite of the woman's body. Now let me just read what you're seeing on Facebook. There's a post that's proliferating on Facebook. It lists different scenarios of women who quote need an abortion. It is commonly used tactic to elicit an emotional response from you that makes sympathetic readers feel that women are helped by abortion. If you're one of those emotional people, all right, I'm just saying, if you want to, if you, if you think with your heart and not with your head, a lot of times, this is being directed specifically to you because they know this is your weak spot. The post will start out this way. I'm not pro-murdering babies. Now take a dramatic pause. Okay. Then the next line. I'm pro-Becky, whose unborn child has an uh, incompatibility with life. Pause. That uh, incompatibility might be, she's a Down syndrome child. She's going to have problems through her whole life. All right. Or how about, I'm pro-Susan, pause, who became pregnant from rape, or several other reasons. Abortion is made to appear in each case as the compassionate solution. It never is, though, of course. Pro-life speaker Serena Dykson wrote a point-by-point response explaining how to truly compassionately talk with people about life-affirming solutions. She was raped at 13, was taken for an abortion by parents who thought, too, that they were being compassionate, only for all concerned to suffer severe trauma. Millions post-abortive women can offer similar testimony. This propaganda ploy, and by the way, you want to know who started it? His last name was Goebbels. Wanna know? Yeah, he, he did he does this he did this with the German people. I'm not anti Jewish. I believe in the German people. And then talk about look what the Jews are doing. Uh, it, it's just amazing. They know that good people want to feel helpful. They want you to feel like you're doing a good thing for somebody. And thanks to the women's movement, people particularly want to help women in crisis. I mean, what have we been doing in the pro-life movement for years now? You know, we have pro-life centers. We have centers where uh, these uh, women who have found themselves pregnant uh, can get help, you know, instead of abortion. And uh, they ha- they've turned it on us. They have literally uh, turned it on us. Long ago, there was an article by a man who, with his wife, drove a pregnant young woman across state lines to get a second trimester abortion. They thought they were helping her out of a difficult situation. It was a total surprise when she cried all the way home sobbing, I killed my baby. They thought she'd be relieved and happy. Too late, they realized that she... One, she didn't uh, she had said she wanted an abortion, but what she really wanted was a way to save herself and her baby. What passes as compassion for the pregnant woman is not only misguided but selfish. Offer the quick fix that she pays for and the abortion facility profits from and she goes away leaving you feeling so noble for being non-judgmental. And sympathetic. There you go, Robert. There's a reason There's
3: for it. Very telling points there, Dave. Uh, first of all, you aptly point out, you know, we talk about uh, compassion for the woman. And particularly in the case of rape and incest, an awful, horrible thing had happened uh, to the woman, has happened to the woman. And indeed, although the Supreme Court says it's not permissible... I would readily allow the death penalty uh, uh, for <clears throat> rape, and, but the Supreme Court has said that's not uh, permissible under the Eighth Amendment. Uh, so I would readily uh, permit that punishment, uh, but it.
2: All right, we're back with you, and uh, I we got cut off right in the middle because we had to go to the news. That's that's one of those uh, com- computer things. It's we're up. Just let so you know you're up. The bottom line is is that. Uh, You sit here, and they're working on our stations, and uh, there's 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 things that are going on behind the scenes that I don't know what's happening, and and Heidi doesn't know exactly what's happened, and we're just trying to figure out our way as we go along each day right now. Uh, When the engineers come, I cringe. I mean, I'm just one of those. Heidi, I tell you, I I had a long I had a discussion about this the other day when I heard they were coming. A lot of people get excited they're, oh, they're going to fix things and i always think they tend to fix things after they break things <laughs> and uh, so anyway we're, we're trying to get things done i can't hear the network right now in other words i i, I can't hear it at all uh when it comes up and we may be still talking over here, moving our mouths and words are coming out. And uh, we could do Chris Tucker and said, can you hear the words coming out of my mouth? And you can't. <laughs> it's just where we're at. All right, so we cut you off at the bottom. I'll let you start at the, at the bottom of the hour. You're, we were talking about this way that the left is using sympathy, false sympathy, to prove their points.
3: Right, so... <clears throat> Mo, mo, there's this meme going around. Uh, I support Becky and I support Susie. And most of the narratives in that meme talk about a threat to the life of the mother, uh, if the
2: or a terrible thing that happened to the mother. I mean, rape.
3: It's a terrible thing. Right, but there's but that's my point, Dave. There's a distinction here, and the, and most of them are not about the rape situation, which we will talk about as well. Okay, they're about a threat to the life of the mother, and. Everyone recognizes that if the mother's life is at risk, then she may have any uh, medical procedure, including, to be clear, an abortion to save the mother's life. Nobody disagrees with that. So this is 100% a false claim, a false choice, a false dichotomy. That is presented by the left Right Then the second issue Which is much less emphasized in this meme
2: Is the life of
3: the child Right, right Well and you know So you say well this uh, There is a rape and incest And which as I said before the break Is horrific And if I had my way It would be punishable by death Putting that aside uh, It's uh, th- that, that obviously the man who committed that rape By the way if the woman became pregnant, the person that committed the rape, Dave, uh-huh. is a man. Yeah. Um, just so you know, I'm sorry to.
2: It's it, not a it's it's it could be a man identifying as a woman, though.
3: That, actually, that statement's true.
2: Yeah, it's That's, because it's happened true. now.
3: But, but my point is, you said it correctly. If the man identifies as a woman, we recognize, in fact, that he's a man, but he calls himself a woman. Okay, yeah, whatever. Well, like, I'm not here to get inside your business. But what I am uh, going to say is, you're not going to tell me that that is a woman when it's a man who identifies as a woman. That's a different statement. Um, so, b- because, by the way, a man who identifies as a woman doesn't belong in the women's shower. I, a man who
2: Or in a women's uh, prison. Uh,
3: uh, as a woman doesn't belong in a women's prison. A man who identifies as a woman doesn't belong in a women's... Public, uh, you know, communal uh, bathroom. Well, let me ju- let me
2: just yeah. uh, look. Th- if there's one thing I learned uh, from a, from taking philosophy in college, is that you have to follow your f- philosophical com- uh, uh, conduct to its logical conclusion. So, let's say the guy doesn't identify as a woman, but identifies as a chimpanzee. Does that mm-hmm. mean we got to put him in? In the zoo to put him in prison, I mean he's still going to be behind bars, all right, is that what we have to do? We're going to treat him like a chimpanzee. I don't think so. I haven't seen anybody in the in the zoo yet, but I have heard of people who identify th- of uh themselves as being animals, just crazy stuff, but uh, oh boy, I said the word that makes people get upset. Which I said crazy oh, I say crazy th- These are people that need help, folks. I'm sorry. All right, I'm not trying to put any woman in a handmaidens outfit. All right, I don't have the i don't i don't have the corner on that and that Halloween costume for women. It's it's not what I'm wanting to do, and I'm not going to, you know, put subjugate women and and put them in 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 areas and in, in a confined uh, place and artificially inseminate them or anything like that. That's not even in my mind. You know what's in my mind? The unborn child that is 100% innocent of everything. That's where my my thoughts are at.
3: Well, and that's exactly the point, right? And so as we define rights, as we draw out those lines uh, between individuals, We have to say, does the woman's desire, uh, and what the left calls a right, because you can't have rights in conflict. It's a technical point, and maybe it's not important. But the notion of a right is the limit of one's own autonomy, or any entity's autonomy, uh, versus someone an opposing autonomy. So they can't conflict. That just means you drew them wrong. They, They have to come up side by side so the question is whose autonomy prevails so the woman's autonomy to do as she sees fit or the child's autonomy to live
2: and we've seen that sign in these uh marches that women have been taking part i cannot be autonomous if you control my womb
3: right and and so you know there's a hint of truth in that statement.
2: A hint. Here. I right. agree. There's a hint. Right. There's a hint a of truth. truth.
3: Uh, a woman's ability to act in, entirely pursuant to her desires is limited. By the way, my, well, I don't, let's not use me, uh, any, uh, any, because you'll see why that doesn't sound good in a moment. But uh, uh, say, um, let me change it. A murderer's desire to be autonomous is limited by the prohibitions on homicide. Well, I really want to kill people, says the murderer. I, I, I Or a
2: pedophile.
3: Or a pedophile. Right. Now, to be clear, because you, you can hear it already coming. You can hear the phones ringing. You're calling women pedophiles or murderers? No, I'm not saying that. What I am saying is. No, I baby, call
2: them. They do worse than murder people.
3: Well, to be clear, an abortion murders the baby. Yeah. Um, uh, so, the, so the issue is, does the right. Of the life of the baby uh, is that defined uh, so as to preserve the life, or is the preference slash autonomy of the woman drawn that covers up the uh, r- r- otherwise right of the baby? The two can't be entirely maximized.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm I'm with you on that. Yeah. I'm I'm with you on that. All right, we got to get a break. We'll come back. We'll talk more. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Glad you could be with us. Don't forget about PI roofing. I don't know if it's been happening to you. I know it hasn't in uh, Cabot. A lot of us are getting phone calls now uh, from uh, these people who want to do our roofs. And they're saying, let us come out. We're going to be in your area. And we want to you know, walk on the roof and, and we won't charge you anything, blah, 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 blah. Uh, don't do it. Just tell you, don't, don't, do, don't it. do it. Here's here's your answer. I'll give you the answer right here. And I've been talking about these guys for 20 years, and that's PI Roofing. You call them, 501-707-3551. 501-707-3551. Give them your address and give them where, you know, what day you want them to come on out, what time would be best uh, for them to come out, and they'll work with you to make that as close as possible to happen exactly the way you want it to happen and then they'll take it from there they'll show up they'll tell you what the problems are if there's problems uh, because we had the big uh, you know hail storms a couple of weeks ago they'll tell you if you got hail damage they'll tell you if they think that you need a new roof or you just need a, some areas repaired they'll go through all of that with you and you know they are a company that that has been around for 20 years. They're not going to be working on your roof, and suddenly they don't show up the next day. And they went back to the state they came from. And it was like, well, we ran out of money for the you know, shingles, and uh, you'll find your own shingles now. They don't do that. doesn't happen that way. They'll work with your insurance company. They'll make it as easy as they can for you. Call PI Roofing. It's who I use. They just put a new roof on my house about four weeks ago. 501-707-3551. Or visit them online, piroofing.com. Okay, we're into the final segment of the Dave Ellswick Show for this hour.
3: Just for this hour.
2: (coughs) Yeah, we got another hour, two hours coming. Another hour after this, and then we'll take a break. Uh, for another show that comes on for an hour. Then we'll come back at 9 and we'll do another hour after that.
3: And by the way, can I remind your yeah. listeners, Dave? Sundays. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Steinbach on Sundays at noon. Take a listen.
2: We should do a commercial for your show on Sundays, like. The old drag strip commercials.
3: Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. You remember I those?
2: You remember when they used to run those? Of
3: course I do. What do you think? I'm just making that up.
2: Yeah, for us, it used to be at
3: beautiful
2: US 30 drag strip. There you go. You know, all that in there. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, we should do one like that. That'd be fun. That would be fun. All right. So here's my question. I'm going to move away from the abortion issue for a moment. And I want to go to whoever this was that leaked this, uh, Alito, uh, writing that's uh, not, not in stone or anything. It's just, uh, it's just as if, if you're writing, uh, a term paper and this is one of the term papers you wrote before you did all of the fixes on it. Right. All right. So could it be that this is not just the work of one person? That it's the work of the Democrat Party. Why do I say this? And I know I can hear Democrats now. Ellswick, you've gone way below what you've always done. Uh, How is that possible? Yeah. (laughs) Here, I know you're saying no one would stoop so low as to Leak a document from the Supreme Court. Wait, well, no like, way.
3: make up a, a dossier? That's
2: what I was Trump. going to say. Like, yeah, you know, Obama. make up a Soviet dossier yeah. or anything. No, nobody would do nobody that. Would do that right? Absolutely. No one would do that except the Democrats. Right. So anyway, you got all of that sitting out there. And let's think about where the Democrats find themselves. Runaway inflation. Fall apart coming out of Afghanistan
3: weakness across the international stage.
2: Yeah. The border stinks. Open. Yeah. Open. Yes, you know, and you got fentanyl flowing into this country like water. And then, and it's coming from the Chinese at that and our people in government aren't doing anything to stop it. And then uh, you get the the whole thing going on about gas prices. You get all of those going on. How, what's the best way up combating all of that negativity. Well finding something negative big for your side. Yeah. And something that you think will fire up your side. And abortion, the uh you know the the holy chalice of the, the left is that issue. I'm telling you it would not it will not surprise me if we don't find out that there's Democrats behind it. I'm not talking about a whole bunch of them. I'm just talking about uh, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> All right, I, you know Shakespeare said, "Methinks you protesteth too much." Have you watched her lately? Methinks she protesteth too much. I'm just saying, she looks like a crazy person right now. She's using this right to turn people's right uh, all the time, uh, turn turn your attention away from the real issues that are happening in this, Not saying that the, the, the discussion on abortion is not a real issue. It is. It but is, it is. there are so many other issues out there that they don't want to talk about.
3: Well, to be fair. They're entitled to talk about this issue. This is a topic of the day. The Supreme Court's coming out with an opinion overturning Roe. That's big news. Yeah, it is. So they are 100% entitled to talk about it. They're also 100% entitled to say uh, we don't like it. I'm just speaking in their voice to be clear. Don't yeah. take me out of context. And they're 100% entitled to say they want to pass laws that that continue to permit abortion. I get it, but we don't agree. And we, uh, we, you and I, and many, many, many others agree it's an issue of life and that when we are defining rights, life takes precedence over uh, um, many other things, right?
2: Yeah, I'm looking. I've got an article here uh, from Town Hall, which in all transparency, and I always do this, especially when Robert's on Yes. Uh because of course he's the, the big transparency uh transparency expert. Yeah, you know, he's all into transparency. This article was written by Matt Vespa, who is a right leaning individual okay. who writes uh for Town Hall and the Town Hall is owned by Salem Media. Oh, is that right? Which oh, owns no. which owns this, oh, this radio station. station. Right. right. He's talking about Senator Whitehouse, who basically said that he didn't think it was all that important to find out who was who did this. He says Whitehouse doesn't want a leak investigation because this really wasn't a leak. It wasn't done out of some patriotic duty. This isn't a whistleblower situation. It's a political operation. It's this Democratic Party still infuriated that Donald Trump picked three justices and got them all
3: confirmed. It's amazing. It's
2: about their affinity for infanticide. It's about trying to do anything to distract the American people from the disastrous leadership under Joe Biden. It's the two separate rules complex again, folks. It's okay when we leak things. Also, you can't investigate them. The FBI is our political hit squad.
3: So that's the author.
2: Yeah, you? that's yes. his. That's okay. his right. Right. his thoughts. I think, that's and right. it's think a that's legitimate right. way of looking things because anybody who would look at me and say, "Oh, they would never do something like that," Dave, and I said, "They did the dossier. We know they did the dossier, and nobody has paid for it yet."
3: And by the way, why was it always called dossier? Since when did we ad- adopt the French version of the, of the word file? Well, it sounds more important, doesn't it? Because Hillary paid some failed spy from England who we have one picture of him walking around with a ponytail. uh, (laughs) And and, and he he worked for the British government for like 10 years. That's not a career. That's a guy who dropped out of the business. So I'd like to know why he dropped out of the business with a made up file.
2: Because he was bad at it. Well,
3: maybe. maybe it was even worse. I have no idea. He was, right? He got maybe caught he booted, too many times. He was booted out.
2: Yeah, that's true. You don't know the answer to that question. Well, that's why. That's why you end up not being a spy anymore. That's what I'm <laughs> that's, that's that's you get booted. Case. It's crazy, but uh, yeah. Uh, w- w- I want to talk to French about this when he comes on, yeah. uh, Congressman Hill, because I think there's some legitimacy to what they're what they're saying. Right. Right. I, I I just can't buy any longer. Well, they wouldn't do that. The Democrats have proven time and time and time again that they will do anything. And don't even say, well, they wouldn't kill anybody. Well, I don't know. Ask Fitz Foster about that.
3: Well, they would definitely kill uh, babies in the womb.
2: Oh, 63 million of them. 63. Did you see Yellen yesterday? No. You didn't hear what she said? Tell me. No, she said that uh, if, if we take away abortion, the economy is going to fail for women. Oh, economy is going to fail
3: but, for women. Of course, put aside that it's untrue. It's, it, it's quite literally untrue. What's the, what's the price she's putting on per baby's head? I'm just curious.
2: Now, she didn't How get much into that.
3: Charging per, per killing of a baby.
2: Tim Scott went after her. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Because right. she started talking about, you know, children being born and raised in poverty. And that. Tim Scott, single mom, born in, yeah. in poverty, raised, and he's a United States Senator oh. now. Okay, so, you, you know, here's my thing if that is really the way you feel, that poverty is that bad, then doggone it, give the people on your side guns and let them go down on wherever the, the biggest areas of poverty are in Little Rock and let's get the people to run out of their houses and shoot them because they don't they shouldn't be allowed to live and have to live that terribly. Clear, by their logic. Yes, by,
3: their, by, the, by the logic that they're making. My, my father grew up uh, oh, I mean, five, six years, right? But to be clear was a child during world war ii they had nothing nothing they were lived under nazi and soviet occupation respectively he lived in siberia during the winter um uh, uh, one of his classmates was found in the spring thawed out literally oh lord because she let go of the rope that was between the housing complex. And the school, by the housing complex, That's a generous description. It was, you know, a a log building, basically.
2: Yeah, with holes in it.
3: Right. Uh, And they found her, you know, after the snow cleared in in the springtime. Uh, He lived in Kazakhstan during the war. Uh, He he traveled through Europe, by the way, not on the Ural Pass, uh, to go to Israel.
2: He walked. Right. All right, we'll talk more about that. We're going to talk more with Congressman French Hill. Excuse me friend. chill. Are the phones working for us? Are we going to be good on the phones? Okay, good. So everything for there is going to be good. We'll see. we got a lot to talk about with the congressman when we come back here on the Dave Ellsworth Show. move into the uh, seven o'clock hour we're waiting for congressman hill to give us a call is he's on there okay he is See, they've changed my phone again now i get my phone's different in here usually when he comes on and you put him on hold i get a hold thing on here now i don't have it there i've got some weird weird picture of something up there i don't know i think this is a democratic plot (laughs) i'm just saying it's a dirty it's a dirty trick that's going on right now that, and I wanted to talk to you about that, Congressman. I was just uh, talking about an article that was on Town Hall uh, day before yesterday, and they were talking about Senator Whitehouse saying that, hey, it's not really necessary for us to find out who's the leaker of this, blo-, you know, the the whole thing about Alito and all of that. And, and the person who wrote this said, yeah, they don't want to know because they already know that it's a Democratic Party that's behind this. This is a political trick. It's to get it's to get uh, their people's minds off of how bad things are by the administration and give them something to yell about. Would you you know, and I and look, I said it on the air. I understand people yell at me and say, well, the Democrats would never do something that despicable, Dave. And then I say Russian dossier. Tell me that's not as bad as this. I mean, come on don't don't be telling me that the Democrats I mean they've been known for for dirty tricks for forever what do you think congressman
1: well when you're losing uh, you start screaming and when you're losing you get desperate and when you get desperate you do dumb stuff and uh, the Democrats are losing Americans are concerned about the incredible dysfunction, mismanagement, bad policy decisions of a failed administration, and they're scrambling. And they'll do anything to change the subject. I mean, we've blamed Putin for inflation, for God's sake. So it doesn't surprise me that they now go, oh, nothing to see here over the Supreme Court, when clearly there's an enormous breach in security protocol process and uh, and trust at the Supreme Court, and who's the likely leaker? Well, obviously, you know, a Democratic uh, law clerk over there. And so the investigation continues. I appreciate Justice Roberts making sure we do find out what happened.
2: Well, we got to. We have to. I mean, they, what they, what this is hap- what has happened can destroy the Supreme Court. It exactly. really, really, it really can. All right, so I'm going to move on from it. I mean, let, it, let
3: me ask a question. Okay, go ahead. ahead. Uh, Congressman, of course, it's Rob Steinbeck. Good to be with you hey, y- y- yet again. So uh, here's what's interesting. Uh, of course, a lawyer is not allowed to disclose confidences of his client. Uh, judicial clerks are lawyers, and their clients are the justices. Uh, and so uh, a colleague of mine said, well, if this person is outed, that's pretty much the end of their career. And I initially said, well, I think that's a good point. And then I realized... Not in America, because virtually all the law schools are leftist indoctrination centers. That person will get hired as a professor in a top law school. I guarantee it. Well, Vox and other
2: groups that are on the left have been cheering for this person.
3: Right, right. So, uh, you know, what what do you think of this, how the left routinely uh, 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 falls in love with lawbreakers, as long as they're breaking the law in favor of the left's political desires.
1: Well, it's something that as conservatives, we've dealt with this hypocrisy and this double standard our whole careers. I mean, this has been the case time and time again. It's okay for marauding looters to break into stores, steal everything on the planet, uh, burn down buildings at the state capitol, assault police, uh, and they don't pay any price and when somebody else wants to protest at a school board meeting we try to throw the book at them mm-hmm. So, yeah, congressman the first it.
3: one i i think you're mistaken wink wink not, not. because that's a quote peaceful <laughs> protest as you see the burning buildings in the back of the reporter uh screenshot on cnn it, it, yeah it,
1: no like, exactly these are or to quote the these are mostly peaceful protests. Right. yes yeah. I, I got it that's one of my favorite quotes of 2021 But look, the bottom line is we've got that double standard. We need to do the investigation, and and you're both right, that the integrity of the court, the principles of the process, the privacy that allows these justices to go to conference and debate some of these, uh, sometimes they're highly technical issues, sometimes they're uh, the issue of the day, but they need to be able to debate those among themselves privately for months before they reach a conclusion on what the Supreme Court's decision is. And this just destroys that process. And the left, it just seems dedicated to destroying all of our institutions, demeaning all of our institutions, running them all down. And that's what, uh, is why we're all in this game, fighting push back to make sure that we have the governance that uh, is of the people and by the people.
2: All right. So let's move on to another topic and this will take us into our first break. And that is this, this is really, this is really important. Yesterday the president stood before the United States people and said, all right, we've got inflation. I'll, I'll 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 tell you that we got inflation. Uh, gas prices are up. They're they're warring over in the Ukraine. He didn't bring up Afghanistan, of course. the 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 border is in disarray. Bad things are happening everywhere, but it ain't because of me, people. It ain't my fault. Are the when's the American people going to look at this guy and say, "Hey, dude"? Sit down, shut up, until we can get rid
1: of you. Yeah, I think they've already done that. I mean, every American going to the gas station, going to the grocery store, what Joe Biden is spinning is just that, political spin. He's blamed everybody except his own policies for inflation that started long before Vladimir Putin entered Ukraine. And uh, yesterday he said all the economists back him. Well, that's not true. Democratic Treasury Secretary Larry Summers, Democratic advisor advisor for Mr. Obama, Jason Furman, Democratic advisor for Obama, Steve Ratner, all warned Biden over a year ago, spring last year. Don't add more fiscal stimulus to the economy. We're building up a demand that cannot be sustained in the face of supply challenges, and you're going to create massive inflation, and in fact, uh, he did that. So these Democratic policies... Or what everybody is talking about which is why biden tries to change the subject to putin or change the subject to abortion
2: yeah absolutely it would be did you believe yellen yesterday and what she said about abortion did you see that
1: yeah i just uh, uh my heart breaks i wanted to say dave seriously i wanted to say this so your listeners know i mean Janet Yellen argued that abortion was good for the economy. Yes, she did. She she did. She ordered it's good for the economy because women more choice gives them more access to the job market. And I sat there thinking, "Oh my God!" I said, "What about the 60 million Americans that would be alive since the Roe decision that would be contributing to the GDP, and their kids would be de- delivering." opportunities for a greater society gains and more economic activity. I mean, it's just, it's a crazy argument.
3: And isn't it interesting, Congressman, how the left... Always seems to find some illegal alien who's crossed the border and, uh, you know, saved a life or done something noble. And indeed, I'm sure there are some folks who've done exactly that. But they never seem to speak about the potential of the 63 million lives that could have produced good. To be fair, maybe some of them wouldn't have produced good. But it's just more of the hypocrisy of the left always seems to say that if you exclude someone from their group, you've missed out on the next Einstein or Steve Jobs. But, of course, 63 million babies creates a great opportunity for at least one more Einstein. Now, doesn't it?
1: I mean, exactly. And that's why I just... uh I've been so disappointed with Janet Yellen uh, in every decision she's made as Treasury Secretary advice she's given the president and that just, she sunk to a new low yesterday.
2: Well, Tim Scott called her on it. He did a good job of calling her on it because she got into that whole argument that drives me crazy about, well, you know, these are women. If she, they can't get abortions, they're going to have to bring their their children up in poverty and, and all. And Scott looked her right in the eye and said, I have a single mother. I was raised in poverty, and I'm a senator of the United States. And shut her up like, just like that snap of the of the of the fingers. I mean, it's a that is one of the worst arguments that you can make. Because if that's the case, then what we should do is kill all the poor people. I mean, if you think about it, we we'll put them out of their misery. All right, we've got we got, to, and that's me saying it's not the congressman. All right. Congressman French Hill is our guest. We've got to get a break in when we come back. we got other things to talk about. We're going to talk about the border. Border uh, is about ready to explode even worse than what it is uh, today. It's 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 getting worse down there day by day by day, drip by drip by drip. Pretty soon there's going to be a, a tsunami that's going to be coming up. Let's talk about Pat Davis. Pat Davis wants you to make sure that you can afford your health insurance, save a lot of money on it, 30 to 50%. You don't want to pay you know copays anymore he'll show you how to do that you don't want to pay big deductibles you got a $500 a month payment on your health insurance but you got an $8000 deductible before you can use your health insurance hey doesn't matter if the you know the health insurance is cheap if you can't use it you can't use it it's that simple and that's what those deductibles do he'll show you how you can get around those as well you call pat davis here's the phone number 501 605 and talk to him about this. Ask him all your questions. This is too good to be true. It can't happen. How are you going to get rid of my deductibles? He'll tell you. He'll go right down each one of them and tell you how he can save you money on all of it. Or visit him online, yourhealthplanman.com. All right, back with you. Our guest is, of course, Congressman French Hill. Uh, He has been good enough, and I would hope that all of our elected officials would be as good, but they're not, Uh, and that they would join us here on the show uh, once a week to talk about what's going on in Washington, D.C., or once a month, in fact, Uh, at minimum to talk about what's going on i want to talk about something that keeps coming up but i keep hearing about it during the campaign uh congressman that's hr 550 and uh, they're saying that you want to back some kind of vaccine database or something uh you want to talk about that I'll let you discuss that
1: Sure, Dave. Uh, This is something you're right. I've heard about it for the last four months of the campaign. It's brought up by my opponent. Uh, It's absolutely, as our good friend Donald Trump would say, fake news. H.R. 550 does not create a federal vaccine database, it does not create a personal tracking system, it does not allow the federal government or any other government employee to access patients' vaccine records or tag patients as being vaccinated or unvaccinated which all these really outrageous claims are this deal was drafted by one of the most conservative members of congress i know larry bouchon who's also a uh, medical doctor and it was a way to enhance data security and cybersecurity on the state departments of health every state in america has a department of health we hear from ours every day in the newspaper and on Television about COVID 19. That Department of Health tracks how many people have got vaccines as a database. It's not, it doesn't have any identified information about people in it. And this bill would strengthen the cyber and data protections uh, for all the state departments of health. It actually makes your data more secure. And uh, anyway, that's the point of it. How it got started on this was some article that I think was in Breitbart uh, months ago. And people have just run away with it, inventing it uh, to be whatever they want it to be. But the bottom line is H.R. 550 is not a vaccine database. I don't support a national vaccine database. I don't support tracking whether Americans have or haven't been vaccinated for COVID-19 at the federal level. So anyway, I hope that explains it. People can always uh, email me at hill.house.gov, and we can send them the background on it.
2: All right. There you got it. Just want everybody to know about it because I've been asked about it, and I told them I'd ask you, so I've asked you, and there's really? the answer. All right, let's, let's go back to the border crisis. Yep. Uh, are they or are they not going to get rid of Title 42?
1: Uh, I think they're still leaning that way. They've got a lot of pressure uh, from uh, House Republicans and some Democrats not to do it. You know, 50% of the people that we turned away at the border last month were uh, – process and expo- expelled under title 42. And if they repeal it, uh we're just in for an overwhelming situation. In fact, Border Patrol told me last week they expect that surge to be 18,000 people a day. That's half a million people. That's 6 million people a year coming breaking down the border. So that's of course ridiculous.
2: Yeah, and, let me just stop you there, Congressman. Yeah. 6 million people. That's two Arkansas.
1: Yeah. It's just you can't get your arms wrapped around this. Mayorkas, which I joined 130 of my Republican colleagues to send uh, him a letter questioning his suitability for office. I think he ought to resign. I think if we take the House back, he ought to be in hearings for removal from office. This guy is absolutely not the leader that we need at Homeland Security. Uh, Example, he testified in the Senate and the House two weeks ago now, that the border was operationally secure—that's yeah. a legal term. Operationally <laughs> secure, and and you know, you burst out laughing. I burst out laughing, but I flew to San Diego to meet with the border agents at the border of Tijuana, and I asked them, "Hey, your boss last week told Congress uh, is operationally is the border is operationally secure. What do you say?" Uh, no. Okay. So we witnessed. We witnessed people getting caught coming over the fence, uh, at Tijuana, we witnessed cocaine and fentanyl and we, you and I have talked about fentanyl for seven years and we've talked about it intensively in the last three years. And let me tell you, I saw it for the first time being pulled out of the rim of an automobile in San Diego mm-hmm. driven by a, ca- a woman with a California driver's license and a Cal California tag on her car. And it was, uh, it's shocking to see this fentanyl came, came from China, pressed into pills in Mexico, and uh, here it is being smuggled into the United States. So our people are fighting every day, but they can't do it if the border is not secure because they're distracted. Think of the people they could catch if they weren't running around doing all this other stuff because uh, Biden has stopped the Trump policies that were working.
2: Yep, and he did and he wants to stop even more policies that we're working and it's going to get worse i mean just the thought of 6 million people crossing our border that we don't know where they're going to or where they're going to end up at is should put ice in everybody's veins
1: 157 countries uh, is the folks that have been caught there in that Tijuana San Diego country uh, sector uh, the most border crossings in the country come there, uh, and uh, you know they've got people they've caught on the terror watch list there. We watch people get smuggling, and now fentanyl is the leading cause of death for young young people in our country, and it's all coming across. And Biden has to do the following things. He needs to reinstate, remain in Mexico for people seeking asylum. That's the number one thing the Border Patrol agents recommend to me. Number two, he ought to keep Title 42 in place. Number three, ought to get this wall built where he stopped it, where he's causing taxpayers $2 billion a year in penalty fees because he stopped the wall construction that Congress uh, approved for President Trump to spend. Uh, and he ought to enforce the interior enforcement laws on people who are here in the country illegally uh, that have committed a crime, particularly anyone who's a felon, and enforce those laws. And if you did all those things, you would stop this, uh, I think, caravan pressure to – Come into our country, and you would send the message to the cartels. You know we're not putting up with this nonsense. And Biden has done everything wrong on this subject, and his borders are. Kamala Harris is a wall as yeah. she is on most things.
2: Yeah, yeah. We well, want well, to give in. We got one minute.
3: Well, and Congressman, you, uh, the Congress that is decides how many. Uh, immigrants coming to this country, my parents were immigrants, you set that limit, and here the executive branch is ignoring Congress's will. Yeah, on every
1: aspect of the border, but on just normal immigration, we we, uh, routinely have 1.1 million or so people who process and come into the country legally every year, and we're happy to support those people coming here to work and be reunited with their uh, family uh, we're helping Afghans. We're helping Ukrainians. But this is wrong that we leave a border open, and it's its wrong, and Americans don't appreciate the fact that it's killing their kids and making their streets unsafe. All
0: right.
2: We're out of time. We'll pick it up Thank next you. week, and let's talk about crime, and let's talk about inflation the next time you're on, Congressman. Have a great day up there in Washington. We'll talk to you later. God bless. I know it's hard to have a great day in Washington D.C., especially <laughs> so you got to work in it. All right, we'll take a break here and uh, get to Bill O'Reilly. He's going to join us, and then uh, Robert and I will come back, and uh, we're going to talk some more here on the Dave Elswick Show. There's other uh, issues to be talked about. There are plenty of them to talk about, and don't forget, voting is underway now for the, uh, you know, the primary. Go vote today if you haven't already. Okay. We're with you here on the Dave Ellswick show. We've got about uh, 20 minutes left here on uh, this Wednesday for the six to eight o'clock hours. So we'll take a break. Uh, We have a show that's going to come on after eight o'clock and then they're going to talk about finances and then I'll be back at nine and uh, Doyle Webb's going to be with us and we're going to talk to him for an hour. Uh, Rob has been so good to come on today and to uh, spend the first two hours with me, always good to have him here. I, I want to
3: get paid double what I normally get.
2: paid. I will do that. Maybe triple. I'll make sure. Ten he, times. Checks Phones in the mail. I don't
3: get any pay. <laughs> remember, by the way, Steinbuck on Sundays one p.m. Yes. Listen to my show.
2: Yeah, it's is it one or t- noon? Oh,
3: sorry, Steinbuck on Sundays at noon. At That's noon. The diet. That's right. It's Steinbuck on Sundays at noon.
2: So you'll want to be here listening to that. How how are things going? I mean you. For you all that are running in these races, where you're running for state rep or state right. senate or whatever, small. and you're running for state rep, yeah, you know, small, small, uh, kind small of numbers, uh, yes. numbers. You know, how do you guys know where you're at? You this don't. Far?
3: There's one poll, Dave, May 24th, Election Day. Yeah, that's the poll. So there's no way to know. Uh, the, the the only poll that I've taken, so to speak, I say this jokingly, but I, I've I've met probably about 15 of my opponent's friends uh, the only reason i know is they've told me and they said well he's a friend of mine that uh, he's a really nice guy uh, uh every one of them has said that that's why you need to win you rob steinbuck so i said so i you know i tweak him a lot. i say why i'm not nice and he goes not marshmallow nice oh no, right? you. You, you'll go and you'll represent and you'll fight for the people
2: You'll, fi- you'll follow this right here. I'm holding up the platform right. of the Republican Party. Right. You'll follow that. That's
3: right. That's right. right.
2: If I ever run for office, and I, I discount it because I got to tell you, I can't tell you how against me running my wife is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here, my, my whole campaign would be live free. Yeah, exactly. It's just what, my, it's what my, uh, my license plate says on my car, live nice. free. Nice, nice. I would want freedom. That that's right. the key, right? Let you make the, your mind up about a lot of stuff.
3: I agree. I agree.
2: And I would be interested to see how people would react to some kind of a, a run like that.
3: Yeah. Well, I'm sure positively, but no, I would hope year. so.
2: Right. right. I would hope so. I hope that we haven't lost that that uh, independent. I want to be. The You know, the master of my own ship kind of feeling.
3: Uh, someone asked a question at some forum that I went to. By the way, my opponent wasn't there because Johnny Crickets hasn't been anywhere. But asked a question about to some other candidate. I wasn't speaking at the time. Uh, 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 whether I don't know, I think it was either whether masks work or vaccines work or something like that. And the candidate just collapsed, uh, had no answer, literally no answer. But the answer. But here's what I would have said. I would have said, I'm happy to answer that in a moment. But here's the deal. Whether I think anything works is for me, not for you. Yep. You need to make that decision yep. for yourself. I and agree. And government shouldn't be imposing that on that's you. That's
2: what I said the whole that's way right. through. I said, "I look, I've gotten all three shots. Right? Did I get the fourth one? No, I don't think that that's necessary. But I got three of them. And uh, I had no problems whatsoever. However... You who are listening to me. If you didn't want to take one shot, that's up on you. That's on you.
3: That's you 100% know? on you. It,
2: it's for you to make that decision, not me. And by the way, Dave, I'm Nor not going Nor your business.
3: I'm not going to ask about whether you had a colonoscopy, and I don't want to see the video.
2: Yeah, I don't. I'm not <laughs> going to show it to you. Exactly. I don't even want to see the video. Exactly. I'll never forget I had my shoulder worked on several years back, and Dr. Gillum, who did my shoulder work, great doctor, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, says, hey, Dave, uh, you know, we record this, the the surgery. Right. He says, "Do you want a you want a DVD of it?" Right. And I said, "Keep it. Yeah, keep it. I don't, <laughs> don't want to watch I don't that. Need it. Why do I want to watch that? Well, exactly. You know. In fact, they would have fixed it up so I could stay awake and watch them while
3: they uh, were doing it. No, thank you as well.
2: And um, I said, "Put me to sleep. That's right. And uh, don't put right. the DVD in the mail.
3: So, like I say, the relevant question is." What do you, uh, as a an elected official or someone who wants to be an elected official, believe the power of the government is to impose its will on me regarding masks, regarding vaccines, regarding a host of things? So that's really the point here. Um, and someone said to me, "Well, you know, we require seatbelts," and, and my response was. Look, it's not like we live in an environment without any laws, but do you think injecting somebody with something uh, that is new nonetheless, and by the way, I don't oppose... It for, at an individual level um, uh, that is new uh, and, and not tested in the same way that old vaccines are. We've
2: got a law that says that you can go out and use an experimental right, drug. Exactly. It used to be
3: illegal to exactly, do that. Exactly. So uh, so I said do you really think that's a, a, a comparable a, a minor intrusion as is a mandated seatbelt? Don't you think mandating a seatbelt is a lower level of intrusion? Now of course we, we we tell you you can't drive more than, say, 60 miles an hour on a highway that's posted 60 miles an hour. Well, I really want to drive 80. Well, no, you can't do that either.
2: Well, you so, can. Right? If but if you get caught, you pay for it.
3: Exactly. But the point is that government certainly uh, restricts some behavior. The logic does not extend, therefore, that it can restrict all. All behavior, unless, of course, you live in a communist country, unless you live in the former Soviet Union. That was their logic. That is the current logic of the Chinese communists, which is, hey, since we can restrict a little, we can restrict everything.
2: Yeah. Well, it used to be, of course, here in Arkansas, it wasn't a finable offense if you didn't wear your seatbelt. Okay. But then... They passed it so that it became a finable offense. And when they made it a finable offense, the federal government, and I, for, I forget the exact amount. It was either nine or 90. It was one or the other million dollars was released to the state. So they, they took the money and they sold you out down the river. That's, I mean, that's, that's what they did. It's just the way it works uh, for a lot of these people. I mean, that's why here in the state of Arkansas, you look at our budget and you say, okay, six billion dollars is from uh, Arkansans and the other twenty nine billion dollars that's flowing through our state is federal dollars. And guess what? Every dollar that comes from the federal government has some kind of string attached to it that uh, as a state government, they've got to follow to be able to get that money.
3: And while that's true, let me also uh, um, push back in a sense. Uh, we, there are states that are takers and there are states that are givers.
2: De- and, there's debtor states and there's uh, the states that aren't debtor states.
3: Right, and so Arkansas's uh, money goes to California, goes to New York, yep. goes to Massachusetts. Yes. I don't like that at all. And recently, the governor turned down something like $150 million that supports housing and goes to landlords. And, for example, as you know, Chris Corbett is a landlord. He's lost tens of thousands of dollars in rent during COVID. Because people people
2: didn't have to pay.
3: Right. And so I don't know all the details, but I will tell you this. My initial reaction is I'm not terribly comfortable with the fact that we as a state that gives away our money to the federal government that winds up in california that winds up in massachusetts to new york wasn't willing to take back 150 million dollars that go to help uh, arkansas renters and go to pay pay arkansas landlords
2: yeah well it is what it is i'm just telling you it's the way i know people hate it when i say it but it's the way the game is played It really, really is. I don't play
3: games. I don't either. Nobody pays me. Not to say that the
2: rules shouldn't be changed. I understand
3: that. But they're they're out there. I'm running for state house and nobody owns Rob Steinbuck.
2: I like that. I like that. So anyway, and we'll find out on the 24th if he's convinced enough people to, you know, give him the chance uh, in the Republican Party to run for that district. All right, let's take a break. Then we'll come back and we'll finish it up for today. But right now, let's
4: find out what's going on with them Travs. I'm Steven Davis, and this is your Travs Report for Wednesday. Stinging loss last night for the Travelers on the road in San Antonio in the opener of a six-game series. Travs fall 6-5 to five to the San Antonio Missions on a walk-off hit with two out in the ninth inning. Travs had built a 5-2 to two lead, including a four-run second inning offensively when they sent nine men to the plate. Really had quality at bats that inning. Knocked San Antonio's starter out early. Trav starter Stephen Kolek was not his sharpest, but got through five innings, allowing just two runs. Set his team up to have a great chance to win the game, but the bullpen could not close it out. Mission scored twice in the seventh off Devin Sweet, and then Travis Kuhn, after a wobbly but scoreless eighth inning, came back for the ninth. Lead-off double, flyout moved the runner to third. A pair of walks, one with one out, another with two out, loaded the bases Kuhn got one chance to try to end the ball game but pinch hitter Juan Fernandez ripped a fastball to left center scoring the two decisive runs and giving San Antonio the series opening win 6-5. Six to five. Travs looked to bounce back tonight behind right-hander Taylor Dollard, zero and one on the air with a .50 earned run average. Left-hander Gabriel Morales will be the starter for San Antonio. Seven o five. First pitch. We've got it for you over on ninety three three. The Fish with the Visit Hot Springs pregame show at six fifty. Again, Travs fall last night in San Antonio, six to five. I'm Stephen Davis, and this is your Travs report.
2: All right. Let me ask this of you, Robert. Yes, sir. I don't know if you heard anything about it, but I'm hearing. That Soros, yes, and his money has infiltrated the, uh, the 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 prosecutors race here in Pulaski County. Had you heard anything about
3: that? I did hear that actually, and I heard it today because I was asking uh, someone I won't say who, just because it was a confidential conversation. Albeit maybe that person is happy to share. Well, I'm going to let that person share, and I asked about the prosecutors race. And it's a uh, it's a it's a Walton, I think is her name uh, against Will Jones.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to get Jones what? on. I've got I'm going to try yeah. to have him her him on. I'll try to get her on as yeah. well because yeah. I want to ask her if she's taking money from Soros. You know, as right. far as that, because look,
3: look, well, the newspaper article said she said I didn't know that money came in. Ah,
2: okay, she didn't know. Okay, of course oh. not, of course kinda- not. Soros, George Soros has put. Multiple millions of dollars into these prosecutors. He's
3: given me a million dollars.
2: Yeah, and you see, because you are just totally one eighty from what he believes.
3: I'll spend his money. It's green.
2: I agree. <laughs> I agree. And the bottom line is, is that he's the guy that's behind all of these prosecutors who won't prosecute criminals. Right. That's right. You know, in San Francisco, L.A., New York, Chicago, all these places. And St. Louis and, and other places and smaller cities now are being impacted by this money coming of in as well.
3: Soros guy is the guy out in what's it, San Francisco uh, where you see people literally walking into the Walgreens with a duffel bag and a ski mask on. And they they take a hammer because now the Walgreens, they have everything under plexiglass lock and key. They take a hammer, they smash the plexiglass, and they start filling up their bag, and the guys at the store just stand around.
2: They've been told not to approach them. And
3: by the way, that's not their job. That's the job of the police. Uh, But the police aren't coming because the prosecutor tells them we're not going to do anything.
2: No, you bring them here, and we'll just let them go.
3: It's unbelievable. It's lawlessness. It's third-world craziness is what it is.
2: I don't even know. In the third world, they would get away with it. They'd be shooting them if they were trying it. to rob them. I
3: know it. And well, uh,
2: here, let them try it, to do that. You shoot house. them. You shoot. Yeah, well, right. You shoot them in the store. Right. Have their your security uh, shoot them and see how many of them are put up for murder. Yeah yeah i'll care- I'll guarantee it, you will not win in that situation
3: in San Francisco yeah.
2: of course not or in l a yeah the,
3: the, and was and that or Garcetti
2: LA. or whatever his name is no it's a
3: new guy, isn't it yeah. oh is
2: that a new guy now yeah, no, forget his but name. he was he was he got Soros money and yeah. I can go into the whole thing about New York we know about that as well right, it's right. it's it's we've got to fight against it, and i need to i need to get more information out about it whoever you're talking to. Uh, ask him if they talk to me. Yeah, okay. And we'll see if we can't get some people on to. Sounds good. So it was in the newspaper finally.
3: I, yeah, someone sent me a link to an article. I don't know when it was, but it was fairly recently. Not today, but it was a fairly recent article, and that talked a, a, about that, yes.
2: Oh, yeah, and I'm sure, as you said, that the person who's getting that money says, well, I don't know where it came right, from. Right, right. I took it. But yeah. I don't know where it came from. Right, right, right. Yeah, and it could have been from you know the right the FOP for all I knew.
3: Right, right.
2: <laughs> as far as that's concerned. Right. I, who is it that I saw just recently got the FOP nod here uh, locally?
3: Uh, that's the mayor. The the would be mayor to be clear. Oh yeah, Steve Landers. Steve Landers. Yeah. Yes,
2: got the FOP behind him. Yeah. That's
3: a big get. It is a big get.
2: You know, it really, really is, that's and right. uh, something that is going to be a very interesting race. Oh yeah. It's already oh, right. interesting, yeah. I mean, but it's going to be more interesting. And uh, my goal, I, I'm, I'm, it's my goal, now, I can't bend their arms and make them do it, but I would love to have a debate on the air oh, that'd be between great. the two yeah. of them. That'd be great. And uh, I'm trying to work some things out that have put both sides at ease and know that they're going to get a free, you know, it's going to be a fair deal. Yeah. For instance, I know that the mayor might not think he'll get a fair deal coming on my show. Yeah, well, we'll do. He might feel that way. But you know what? We'll put it over on on Rejoice, our gospel stations. And uh, I'll make sure that the people who ask questions... We'll use, uh, we'll use Alan Kerr, right. and I'll use, uh, I'll, I'll use somebody of color to ask questions as well.
3: Well, look. We'll it, make
2: everybody feel as comfortable as we can. There are
3: plenty of ways to do it, right? The candidates can each uh, recommend a person. There are yeah. plenty of ways uh, to make it work.
2: Yeah, we can make this work. But I just think I think voters voters have it in their best interest to know what. Everybody stands for right.
3: Or you can have candidates, uh, Johnny Crickets, for example, who runs a Biden basement campaign and says nothing and hopes uh, to win. Uh, and hopefully the electorate knows better. They hear from me all and the time. And your district
2: is? 73. 73. It's new a new. 73. It's a new. Yeah.
3: So most people, I got to tell you, you likely you don't know the number because right now it's 30 something. But after the election or at the election, it changes to 73.
2: That makes it crazy. It
3: really does make it hard to follow. But, you know, it's Riverdale, out to Pinnacle, bounded uh, on the south side, largely by Cantrell, but it, it loops out in the Hillcrest Heights area a little bit, and then it includes all of Pleasant Valley.
2: Okay. Yeah. Uh that's, some of that is a conservative oh, area. Oh yeah,
3: the Pleasant Valley in particular, not to to be clear, anything so sort of, the more west you go, the more conservative it gets. Uh of course there are conservatives uh, on the east side as well, but it, it, decreasingly.
2: Yeah. yeah. Okay. So keep it in mind. You want to keep that in mind yeah. and uh, I've I've I'm going to try to reach the people uh, for the other candidate, yeah. I'd love to have a a debate between the two of you. Yeah,
3: yeah, you can hear the crickets. I mean, what <laughs> chirp
2: chirp? See what they chirp, have. Chirp. What they have to say? Yeah, I I found it interesting this year that there's a lot of people say I'm running for office by not running for office. Right,
3: right, right. Or or you can put out cards, uh, mailers, yeah, just push cards, yeah, yeah, push cards, mailers that are 100 percent diametrically opposed to what what the candidate says in the newspaper. Well, there's what? like
2: there's like three candidates that you. Use the same push card. Same
3: card. I told you that my opponent literally used the same push card as another guy who's represented by a different uh, um, campaign group. They copied the first guy's card 100%, but yet the, the card, which was a pro life card, applied to the first guy entirely, and then the second guy. Is not 100% pro-life, when he put out a 100% pro-life car.
2: And now there's a third guy that's using the exact same car. I'm right.
3: sure. Oh, that's right. I saw that. Yeah. Exactly.
2: You know, it was brought to my attention right. uh, yesterday by Kim Slaughter's campaign.
3: Did she, is she, did she coming she on your
2: show? Yeah, she was on yesterday. Oh, she was
3: on. I missed she it. She was on sorry. yesterday. She
2: and uh, Mark Lowry were on together in oh, the 9 o'clock hour. That was that was good. Yeah. She did a nice job, and so did Lowry. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming on the air and, and talking about what that they, uh, they they hope to achieve
3: well that's a point in those positions. Your message that's all yeah you know don't sit in the basement
2: some yeah well some people just their their message is so anemic best yeah best that they is, don't say anything uh, my
3: buddies told me to run for office because I raised money for them and I actually took their fake recommendation seriously and now I don't know what I'm doing that's what some people are doing
2: yeah I, I don't disagree with that no. so anyway uh Don't forget now, Robert is on Sundays. You guys don't show now. I tell you, I feel like Bobby Knight, you know. I I launched these people's careers. I mean, Kim Hammer and others, and they do so good. They get such great shows. But I had them on my show because they were great. And uh, of course, I'm doing that with Robert Steinbach. He is on Sundays at noon, right here at 1011 FM, The Answer. And uh, you want to hear what he'll have to say. Is this just going to be you again this Sunday, or Chris might join me? I've okay. got to see,
3: you yeah. yeah. Okay,
2: see if he can stop by. That's right. Pull him away from fishing
3: <laughs> and campaigning.
2: Yeah, well, he's yeah. campaigning as well. All mm-hmm. right, we got a we got some music for you. To take you up to the news. Then we got a a show for you that's going to talk about your money. And don't forget that uh, you know Doyle Webb's going to be on. He is running for lieutenant governor. He's going to join us at nine o'clock. We'll talk to him. We'll talk a lot about his campaign, of course, but uh, he's not afraid to share his ideas. That's so wonderful. I'm, I'm going mean, to talk. I'm, I want to talk to him about if he doesn't get reelected. Well, I elected. hope he runs yeah. for uh, you know chairmanship of the Republican Party of mm-hmm, Arkansas mm-hmm, again because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he did a great job a when he was teacher. there. He he's did he did good, good job. job. Yeah. All right we got a break, and then I'll be back more with you. Thank you for coming in, Robert. Always Always a pleasure. I wanted Robert on today to talk about that law that says you can't march in front of the the judges' houses. All right. See you in an hour. You have a a good uh, time listening to how to take care of your money. You need the information with as badly as inflation everything is. Back in an hour. The 9 o'clock hour. You know, we take that one-hour uh, respite. I go have a couple of drinks and then come back on the air. No, I'm just kidding.
5: <laughs>
2: just a couple. <laughs> a couple. Just a couple. And then come back on the air. Good to have you back with us. Hey, Doyle Webb is here. He's running for the lieutenant governor. Uh, we've had most of the lieutenant governor uh, candidates on. It's been a lot of fun talking to him. It was one of the most um, eventful uh town halls that we had although it got pretty uh pretty interesting between eddie joe and john thurston on secretary of state when they got in and did theirs you know dave
5: i've i've been all over the state as you know i've put about over forty thousand miles on wow. my car and i hear people talking about the town hall that they've pulled it up and watched it it's i think it may have been the most educational thing that's been out
2: there it was great to watch i, I I, I got a big kick out of it. What's been fun for me is that I've kind of separated myself completely from it because people know how I think. People know what I want, and I I didn't want that to cause any problems. So I had Alan Kerr come in and do all the questioning and things of that nature, and I think things have gone really well. But I have been disappointed, and I made it very obvious on the air about of people who have said, well— I don't think we want to take part in a town hall. Because i got
5: to tell you, the people deserve to hear what the candidates have to say. There, there, there's a lot of differences between us. And people need to understand that we're, we're all Republican, but there's a great difference between each one of them. And the more we can get before the public, the more they can decide whether they want uh, chopped liver or roast beef or salmon or what kind That's from right. the, from the buffet line okay yeah,
2: you only got to listen a little bit and you'll you'll hear the differences That's you'll right. hear differences all you got to do is check out voting records and look at what they've done as uh, elected officials and you'll see differences that uh, I yeah. just I just wanted to be able to
5: to give people I, I that opportunity if I could offer a suggestion i think next time allow the public to come free Okay. Okay. I think I think a ten dollars was under almost a cover charge, but I think yeah. you'd have, even had a larger crowd. I was thinking person. about
2: giving free beer, but you know, well, you
5: could try that. Okay, <laughs>
2: <laughs> we're a different
5: Republican Party. Now, yes, okay? we are.
2: Yes, we. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I would. I never thought about that. All right, I really didn't. That's just a joke. <laughs> I got to watch it sometimes. See, everybody thinks everything I say is is gospel, and. <laughs> come on now come on let's have some fun it's close to
5: gospel yeah and i think you're inspired by god on occasion yeah but i wouldn't say that all the time well
2: you know you got to have some fun in in life you just got to have some fun but i agree we will do it for free from now on i mean we're we're going to do some during the uh, general election Mm -hmm. uh we want now the big one that i want to happen now i can't get i can't twist their arms and make them do but for the mayor the mayoral. Uh, ship of uh, little rock that needs to have a debate
5: that would be great i've uh of course i i know the mayor but i've known steve landers all of his life right Uh, he was a couple of years ahead of me in high school and i know his wife well i know the family dedicated public servants okay i mean as far as helping change the world and steve is just a good old boy and comes from a great family in saline county that's done well because they use common sense and they work hard yeah and little rock could use a little common sense okay you said it <laughs> i'll stand behind it all right i mean
2: i serious yeah there's a lot of weird stuff going on in little rock right now um I am grabbed told of a story, and I'm gonna I'm gonna run it down here over the next two two weeks before the um, final election day, and that's going to be the Soros money that's supposed oh. to have been spread around dealing with the uh, prosecutor's race. To hear a prosecuting uh, possible prosecuting attorney say, I don't know where that money comes from. I I highly suspect that they're lying at that point.
5: Well, uh my concern of course as you know uh was that it would drift over into the Supreme Court. Yes. races and uh we don't need sorrows nope. in this state. Nope. Uh people in Arkansas can make a decision. They don't ha- they don't want to be influenced by They won't by make someone. his kind
2: of decision. That's exactly right.
5: That's right.
2: <laughs> right. You that. Unless you got enough money you can throw at it. That's right.
5: That's right. But, uh, you know, I, I feel that people are out there. They're, they're really concerned about safety in their homes yep. right now. And, and that goes, uh, it, it doesn't matter whether you're in Little Rock or anywhere else. They, they're concerned about what's going on with the federal government and the, the intrusive nature of government, yeah. whether it's yeah. Washington, D.C. or Little Rock, Arkansas. We, we don't want government in our back pocket. And uh, they're too deeply in our back pocket. And that's one reason I've told people that I am running uh, to be a full-time lieutenant governor. Uh, even though I'm going to be paid a part-time salary, that's fine. But we do not I can't be a part-time patriot. I'm a full-time patriot. Right. And if I'm going to fight, I want to fight full-time. And just like I did when I was state party chairman. I didn't go in... You know, at, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and do this and that, I was there working and I was traveling the state. We have we, This country has gone too far at this point, and it's going to take a lot of work to get it back. And uh, I'm willing to put that work into it because I love this country. It's the greatest country in the world. Uh, I'm proud of us, but we cannot become a socialist country. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that.
2: All right, let's get our first break in, then Doyle and I will be back. And now, when we come back, we'll zero in on the uh, office that he's running for, which is lieutenant governor. Why is it important? We'll talk about that when we return on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so what is a lieutenant governor? I mean, it's amazing how far we've changed and how we look at this office kind of, I guess four years ago when, uh, was it, uh, Tim Griffin was running for the, the office again. And I'm, I'm trying to think during the primary or was it eight years ago that, uh, Mayberry was running for, was that eight years ago?
5: That may have been 12 years ago.
2: Okay. It's, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, and he yeah. was talking about if he was elected, he'd get rid of the office. Now, Everybody talks about the lieutenant governor's office and say, look, it's, an, it's a really important office. You just got to understand what it's there for. And I think you've done a pretty good job of explaining that to people. Well, thank you. Thank you, Dave. You
5: know, lieutenant governor is is a – here's a big word – is a hybrid office. It's an ex- executive official sitting in, a le, in the legislative branch very unusual which gives you the opportunity to be a liaison between a go-between between the legislative branch and the governor right and you can help you can work on being a peacemaker you could work on being a dealmaker uh, you can work on being a courier to let people know what the truth is because you don't have a dog in the fight correct you're you're there to, to work it Uh and I think my uh, advantage is I, I've helped elect all of these people in the Senate uh, and tried to defeat most of the Democrats that are still there. Yes. But uh, I, I have a trust relationship with them, and I'll have a trust relationship with a new Republican governor, which will be a great advantage for a what I believe us bringing in a true conservative Republican government into Little Rock.
2: Okay, so I've talked about this before, and I've talked about how I thought that Asa Hutchinson probably was the best person to build the bridge between the Republican Party that came in 2010 and the, the Republican Party now that will be coming in in 2024, uh, four, to be honest, about 14 years. Because it takes it, it was going to take somebody to help people understand what republicanism was in the first place and it might not have been to our benefit to come in i don't know what's the best way to put this at, at 100 miles an hour after 100 after 130 years of democrat rule they would have been out to attack us from every angle that they could have thought about and they couldn't because of this governor now we've gotten people where they understand what freedom is they understand about being part of the government and I think we're going to have a governor that is going to be much more conservative than uh, than asa Hutchinson is and I think I'm excited what what the what the future brings. How does the lieutenant governor fit into
5: that slot now well you know i, I as as chairman I appointed th- Every committee, five committees that have written the platform, and I'm proud of the platform, and I'm proud of the planks in the platform, and I support the platform and its principles. And I think you're exactly right. We could have, uh, there could have been sticker shock uh, if we had gone in g- guns a blaring. My greatest concern is that we didn't have, that we wouldn't have had a Republican governor yeah. to help lead. Our, our massive majorities. So the advantage here is to be a good counselor to a new governor, to be in the room, be in the room, be in the cabinet meetings. When, when you're full time, you can be in the Capitol. You can be a good advisor. You can help steer the ship. You can also, um, and I think Tim Griffin's done a very good job at putting issues out on the table, like repeal of the personal income tax, which we've got to do, that hadn't been on the table. So I think it's, you, you can be in the room, you can help push the conservative agenda. As I've said out campaigning, Dave, we have a majority Republican government in Little Rock, but we need a conservative Republican government in Little Rock. Yep. And we've got to move the ball down the field. We're operating with a Democrat-style government in Little Rock, and it's time that we have a Republican-style government that costs less that interferes less, and that does more, and that restores people's faith in government. That's who I am, and that's what I'd like to see us do. And I think we have four to eight years to deliver that to the people of Arkansas.
2: And if you do, I think you have who knows how many years before. That's right.
5: That's right. And, you know, that's the reason I have pledged I'm not running for re-election. I I mean, I'm not going to run for another office. I hope to serve eight years. But I... I have the ability to call it as I see it. I'm I'm not running to please this one or please that one. Right. I'm running to to uh, support the platform, support our conservative uh, ideology. You know, I'm I'm a Reagan esque kind of individual, and I loved Ronald Reagan, uh, and I love where we are. But I think it's important today for us to keep moving in that conservative agenda. See, that's what people.
2: Well, I think they have gotten to the point where they understand it. Me. I'm a Reaganite. I have always been a Reaganite. I'm an eighty twenty guy. Yeah. I honestly believe that you can have differences of opinion
5: within your own party, but still move the party forward. Change comes from the periphery. Change does not happen in the center. Okay. And you've got to have that conservative push, pushing. Get it moving down the road. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited. You know, I believe uh, in school choice, and I believe we've got to work hard to have school choice. And I believe that we should have vouchers so that individuals can take that voucher and choose what is best for their child.
2: I'm going to tell you, I remember when Congressman Westerman brought that up in 2010. And you would have thought he th- was saying, feed poison to the, to the children, <laughs> Uh, of arkansas and now people like yourself and other elected officials that i know are openly talking about this and i i believe that's going to be a great battle next year well you, and,
5: and it's and it's you don't have to be against public schools no to be for
4: vouchers okay i'm for public schools. i, I like
5: going to wendy's i like going to mcdonald's and i like going to burger king Okay, and they're all in competition, and they're all better because each one is there. And that's private school, home school, uh, public school, charter school. One size does not fit all anymore.
2: Do you think people are going to be able to tiptoe this line of they're saying, well, the legislature shouldn't say what public schools should be doing, or are they going to be forced to say, you know what? There's some things that shouldn't be taught in our classrooms. Oh, I
5: think that clearly there's things that shouldn't be taught. Okay, clearly uh, CRT. Okay, uh, the legislature or the local school board often has said, "Let's teach uh, writing, reading, and arithmetic." Yeah. Okay. That's what so we used to say it's all historic. the time that we have always been engaged in public education. And we don't need to uh, – you know, I, I love civics. Civics turned me on in, in the ninth grade. I love civics. But I want civics to raise up the beauty of the American system and the American government. And I'm a historian. I, I, I don't get into CRT at all. I, I don't want to undermine – Well, it's a lie. That's why. Their, well, and I keep telling people it's a theory. Uh, critical race theory see it that's say critical race fact
2: that's the whole but <laughs> but let, let's be honest here that's the same thing with evolution right. it's an evolutionary theory but it's taught as fact
5: right 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 that, that's a good point good
2: you point. know you it can be made to be a you you bring up your own ideas but hey this is the facts right here you know i'm seen that in science classes well, too often
5: I, I think we have this option i also think we've got to transform government we we have not transformed government yet we've not reduced government i'd like to see us do what i call a success audit with dhs what are the programs that move people up and off and what are the programs that keep people down all right
2: well Doyle, but how how can that be done i mean next year when the new, uh, you know, new representatives, new senators come in and the old senators come in and the old representatives come in, they're going to have a, a bunch of meetings and they're going to have the heads of their department sit in front of them and tell them how much money they need and what have they done with the money that they've had. It's going to be the, the same old
5: song and dance. That's got to change, doesn't it's it? It's got to change. Yeah, it can't be. I, you know, I like what they're doing on professional licenses where they have a a special committee that's looking at every license. that, uh, And I say professional. It could be a locksmith. It could be this. It could be that. What's, what's in place just to keep people out of the business market? What's in place because it's security? Mm-hmm. Okay? It's going to take time to do this but we need to dedicate the time we can't we cannot go through the same old song and dance Yeah, okay? this
2: is this is seriously going to be roll up your sleeves get a piece of paper and a pencil out sharpen it lick it lick the, the end of the pencil and let's get to the business of really doing what's right and what's not right
5: and, and what and what, save what, some money while we do it that's right and are we taking federal dollars that are continuing to put their tentacles in us that we don't need to be taking? And it's time to say we don't want that federal program at all, okay? Uh, I, I would have voted against the, uh, our new health care system, okay? Had I been in the legislature, I would have voted no, okay? Now we've got to get the work requirement, added back into it and we can't do it under this administration not under, to this, have to do it under, not under this president you know right that's right Ain't gonna happen but once again it's it, anything like that has got to be moving people up and off to self-efficiency knowing okay. that on occasion there are people that will always be dependent how about the
2: people who have been in we could talk about federal but let's talk state state government they've they've been head of these departments for years and years and years they don't want to change is it time for a a wind to come through and and
5: clean out the chaff well once again i'm going to leave that to the legislature okay if 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 we're going to change government we don't need to take everything just because it's been that way we need to keep it that way there are better ways to do things that than we're doing it. We certainly need to keep the freeze in place, uh, period, the hiring freeze. But that's not enough. We've got to delve into government. What is government doing that the private sector can do better?
2: Gotcha. All right. We got a minute here and then we got news for us, So I'll hold up on the rest of my questions that I have for you. But Doyle is going to be with us for the next half hour. He came in for an hour today. I appreciate it because Every hour is precious now. You're two. You're down to two weeks.
5: Two weeks. Uh, but any time I spend with you is time well spent. Well,
2: we have a good time when <laughs> oh, we yes, get we together. Do. I mean, look, Doyle and I have known each other since when Rockefeller. That's how I got to know know Doyle uh, Webb. I'm was, going
5: to tell you a couple of, uh, tell you a story about when thirty and what about Huck in a minute. All right, okay?
2: thirty okay. seconds. You can do that. Be happy because I'm going to tell you what. We wouldn't be in the place that we are right now if Wynn Rockefeller had been governor of this state. We'd be light years ahead. I really believe that, especially on, uh, on taxes. We'd be, And it wouldn't be just, we're going to cut taxes and not cut spending. We'd cut spending as well. All a right, break. We'll come back with more Dave Ellswick Show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, he's running for Lieutenant Governor. Doyle Webb is here in the studio. If you got a question, 501-823-0965. 501-823-0965. And, yes, you have to dial the area code to get through now. All right? So uh, if you got a question for uh, Doyle Webb, here's your opportunity to ask him. Uh, let's get back. You, you say you, you're going to tell me a win story, and you're going to tell me uh, – yeah, Huckabee story. Huckabee's story.
5: Let me tell you, we know that the lieutenant governor presides over the Senate, but the thing we forget about is, is your lieutenant governor ready to be governor in the event that occurs? Absolutely. And we've known of two occasions that that's happened, okay? The first one, I'll give you the example. Uh, Jim Guy Tucker was convicted of bankruptcy fraud, the right. governor. And we were all gathered in the House chamber. I was in the state senate at the time. And with the word to hear Huckabee give his first speech. And when the word comes, Governor Tucker has left the Capitol with his state police detail and barricaded himself in the governor's mansion. And that's the word that came. I could just right. imagine him having furniture over the doors and everything <laughs> like that. Huckabee calls me at that point and said, Doyle. Meet me in room such and such. We need to talk about what can I do to what can we do to get him out of office constitutionally, so, right? H- Huckabee called me. Okay, uh, the acting lieutenant governor. Fast forward a few years to nine eleven. Huckabee is out of state. Uh, the law has since been changed. The constitution. Huckabee's out of state. When is the governor? I'm in the state senate. The phone rings. Senator, senator. That's why he would say senator. Yeah. Um. Uh, Governor Huckabee's out of state. Our country has been attacked by terrorists. I am the acting governor. What authority do I have to take care of the people of Arkansas? Right. In two occasions in which there's been crisis in this state, the acting governor called me. And I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you factually. If if I'm not ready to be governor in the event a crisis occurs, I don't know who can be governor okay i've been there i've been cool under fire i've advised them and we made it through those crises. Oh, okay and did good what that's try? Right. that's try.
2: Right. were you the person who had to pull the uh, the nails out of the door for uh, no, i was Governor not Huckabee. the person that
5: I, I did not nail the door <laughs> and i did not pull
2: the nails out of the door okay that is the craziest story that happened before i got here I wish I'd been on the air when that happened. Right, that would have been some story. I, I have story. since
5: found out that it was the door. I always wondered which door it was. Well, it was the door from the lieutenant governor's office out to where the elevators are, so they had access into those rooms. But still, they had nailed that door too. Which and they also if uh, they, did
2: they ever find out who nailed it.
5: Not that I'm aware of. Not about that? But, you know, I served with Wynn. I was his chief of staff for uh, for over five years, for 1,500 days, from the time of his uh, prior – when he was running for governor. Mm -hmm. Then he was determined to have uh, a a disease and a bone marrow problem. He went off to Seattle. I ran the office um, while he was up there, and then after his death, I ran the office Without the lieutenant governor for 1,500. Well, for a year and a half. For a year, But I served there for 1,500 wow. days. So I understand the office is the smallest executive office. It has two, maybe three employees, uh, whereas the attorney general has 180. The secretary of state probably has 140. That's the reason I believe you need to be there full-time as a lieutenant governor because I've been there full time, and I've seen the need for for people to be able to come in that office uh, and have a problem. The people
2: through. who wanted to get rid of Lieutenant Governor's office, who did they want to take over if the governor suddenly was incapacitated?
5: I, I never heard that. You know, some cases, it's the President Pro Tem, sometimes it's the Speaker of the House, to me, that's the wrong direction because you're going to rely on an individual that was not elected statewide. They are just district officials.
2: Well, and both of them are are not uh, – they're legislators. They're, they're not, uh, you know,
5: the people that should be in the
2: executive.
5: Correct, correct. You know, the history goes back. Arkansas always had a lieutenant governor until the 1874 constitution. And the lieutenant governor at that time opposed the new Constitution. So in great political form, they wrote him out of the Constitution. So we didn't have one until the 1920s when it was finally determined that the amendment had passed and we elected a lieutenant governor in the late 1920s because of the problem that occurred with not knowing who was the governor at a particular time.
2: Okay. I would be very interested to see. It would seem to me that the person who should step into the governor's office in that situation should be somebody, maybe the AG or maybe even the secretary of state.
5: It, that's, that's a possibility, but you know, it's, it's different uh, criteria, well, not different criteria, but it may be a different personality, a different look. A it's different also, party. I also mean. a check and balance. System, Let's, Yeah. You know, when you go to combining in with another executive official, you're losing some of the checks and balances. Correct. That should be there. And we know that's one of the beauties of the American system, checks and balances. See, this is the kind of discussion
2: I can always have with uh, with Doyle. It's always fun to sit and talk with him because he's open to these discussions. He's ready to talk. Absolutely. I can't say that about every... Every one of our uh, uh, people who are running for office There's anymore. great
5: ideas out there. We we just need to talk about it. We also need to look at what's going on in other states. What do they do better than we do? And what do we need to change in in, in those ideas? Well,
2: that's why you got 50 laboratories out there doing their thing. Well, 49 other laboratories Absolutely. doing their thing. All right, we'll get one more break in. That way we'll be done with them. And then I'll come back and... I've got a few more moments with uh, Doyle Webb. He's running for lieutenant governor. Early voting is underway. You can go out and vote today. I'm going to go vote when I head home, so be watching my Facebook. I have my I voted little sticker that I have on the end of my finger or something to make sure you know that I did my civic duty here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we continue the Dave Ellswick show on a Wednesday. It is Hump Day, middle of the week day, over Hill Day, closer to Friday than we were on Monday. That's always a good thing. And our guest and has been for this hour and through the rest of this hour is, of course, uh, Mr. Webb, and we're glad to have him here. He's running for Lieutenant Governor. Let me just ask this. I'm going to give you some time here. If you got time, just to talk to to, to voters on the air. What is it that you think they need to know about you other than two things you've already said? You're not going to use it as a stepping stone to another office, and you're going to give them full-time employment for a part-time check, okay? What are some other things you think that they absolutely must know about Doyle Webb?
5: Well, and thank you, Dave they should know that i am a lifetime republican i am a solid conservative republican that believes that the government nearest the people is the best government that government takes too much from us and the money that we give to the government should be given to the people they as you said they should know that i'm willing to dedicate myself i believe in service above self to to fighting to bring a conservative Republican government to Little Rock, to working with the governor, to seeing taxes reduced, to seeing educational choice, to helping uh, improve our quality of life in Arkansas with better jobs, working full-time, trying to be a liaison between the, between the uh, legislative branch and the executive branch. I will be there. When, when needed, and they should know that I will never use that office like our attorney general has used the assets of that office to promote myself, to try and promote myself into another office. The money that she's had from case settlements should have been returned to, or given to the state to be used for uh, the legislature to allocate that money, to appropriate that money, or to give tax reduction to individuals. That's the reason I tell you I promise to you that I will not run for another office, and I will never use that office. I will be a good steward of your money. I'll be a good steward of the time, and I will do my best to move Arkansas forward.
2: I think that's a legitimate uh, statement from you. you
5: you. you. And I think I've been tried and true with the two statements that I told you about Huckabee and Wend Rockefeller. If, if God forbid, we have a crisis in the state of Arkansas – I will be there with a steady hand and do my best with God's help to take care of the people of Arkansas. All
2: right. That's, that's something you got to always think about. I mean, right. you know, the, the Lieutenant governor steps into the shoes of the governor. If something God forbid happens to fine. them,
5: if they want to get involved, go to web for Arkansas.com sign up, uh, be sure and go vote and get your friends to vote. And, uh, not anyone in the cemetery now just live people voting and be sure to take your voter id have it ready to give them so that you can move through the process quickly
2: yep i'm going to do that i got my driver's license on me i'll show it to them so i can go in and, and get this over with and and do what i want to do i'm looking forward to voting i have some people that i think will do good in the positions that i'll be voting for uh But I'm not going to tell you who it is. I'm just not going to do that. I try to stay out of that when it's primary time.
5: You know, I I will go into the voting booth, and there will be one or two that I'll make a decision right At that moment? At that moment, okay? And sometimes it's the Holy Spirit saying, go this way, okay? So uh, I'll go in thinking I'm going to vote one way, and I'll actually vote another. I think the Supreme Court uh, races are very important. Uh, many times people drift off and don't vote in Supreme Court races. I will be vote. sure and vote in those races. Yeah. Okay,
2: for the most conservative justice you can think of, absolutely. absolutely. And so you go. Know, you got some good ones out there to vote for. I yeah, mean, absolutely. But David absolutely. Sterling, Gunnar Delay. You got Chris Carnahan, who's going to be on Monday on my show. You got a lot of people that you got three people that are good to think of. I think there's one that's better than than some of them, but. Uh, I won't get into that.
5: Well, we have we're going to have a conservative executive branch. Yep. We're going to have a conservative legislative branch. Now we've got to have a conservative judicial branch, so it doesn't undo what the two other branches did. Well, let's talk about that
2: because in you see in Texas, a few years back, that was a problem when Rick Perry was in there. They had a, a judicial wing that was uh, how shall we say conservative light. And they caused him some problems. That has been rectified now. (laughs) Right. right. And uh, they don't have as much problem. If it goes to their court, they can pretty much say that they see it the way we see it.
5: Look, Look for justices that believe in the Constitution. Look for justices that are textualist. It says what it says, and it says what it means. Uh, that's important. And if, if the legislature and the executive branch hasn't done their job, that will give them a chance to do their job. But don't elect justices that are going to legislate from the bench.
2: How close do you believe the branches should work together?
5: Well, I I, th- I, I don't see a problem with them having coffee together. Okay? okay. But I I believe each one has a respective role. And I think they should be strong in that role and understand that role. Legislature doesn't de- determine whether something's constitutional or not. They are representatives of the people. They should put the people's will before the public. The executive branch should check that and should implement what the legislature uh, puts into law. It's the executor, okay? It's the, uh, the implementer, if you will. And then the... Uh, Supreme Court calls uh, balls, uh, balls and fouls. Okay, yeah, and strikes, balls and strikes, and uh, so I think they have to re- be respecter, and w- we shouldn't get down on one or the other if they're all conservative branches. Each one should fill the role that the founding fathers uh, wanted them to fill.
2: Yeah, see, that's that's the that's the point you got to make sure you got the same kind of people in all the branches so you can move forward that's right. with the branches i wouldn't have any problem if there were let's say some legislators and they were going to talk about uh school choice and and they they had a meeting with uh some uh, judges from the supreme court and say no if we bring it this way, can we get it can we get it through? Would you guys find that constitutional or non constitutional? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But there's other people that look at me and they hold
5: up crosses and stuff. Yeah. Well and, and their <laughs> judicial ethics over there may limit them in some of that. Right. Uh that's the reason you need a good staff with the legislature as well that has understands where the case law is moving. But uh, I, I could see decisives. decisis. I, we're getting ready to see Roe versus Wade, oh, yeah. I believe, overturned. Uh, when, when the court has been wrong, whether it's the Arkansas Supreme Court or the U.S. Supreme Court, they should uh, overturn those decisions.
2: Yeah, that is one of the craziest arguments. It's been that way all the time. Well, so was, you know, some of the other Cases that have gone up before the Supreme Court were, you know, separate but equal and all the other things that went up. And they changed those things. What, what, should we go back and change them back? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't understand that whole argument because everybody saw it back here this way. we got to see it that way, too, here now.
5: Well, you, and you equated earlier uh, kind of a, a, if you will, evolutionary process of government. Uh, and we're evolving into yeah, a we're moving forward. Government. There's That's no right.
2: doubt as far as, as, far I, I as conservatism this, if goes. I
5: were, if I became governor for, in that situation, and it was my requirement to appoint a Supreme Court justice, I would appoint a textualist, originalist, someone that reflects the views of my political views. and okay. That would be a conservative. Good. Yeah.
2: Well, I'd like to hear that as well, to be honest. Definitely like to hear that. All right, so we're almost out of time. We've got about five minutes left. <laughs> That's all we got left. So we don't have to talk specifically about lieutenant governor now. We can just talk politics a little bit. How do you think it's going to run out uh, during this uh, this election in November? you think that
5: the uh, Republican Party will gain seats? I think clearly we will, and we're talking nationally. Yes. Okay? Uh, we will. We will easily take the House. Uh, I think that we will regain the Senate uh, with what's going Inflation, inflation, gas prices, shutting down the production of, of uh, where we're energy independent, mm-hmm. okay? Th- that alone should tell us something. But it will once again be our challenge to deliver a conservative House and a conservative Senate and then elect a conservative president once again, okay? And we can't botch it up. I heard that Newt
2: Gingrich is meeting with McCarthy, and they're writing up a new contract for America. I think that
5: would be great. I liked it.
3: I, I, like
2: I it. thought it was great when they did it before. I think it would be great for them to do it again. And, uh, look, that's the reason abortion has become the, the, the issue. I know there's a lot of people who believe it was just a uh, – uh, somebody, a, a, a clerk that decided they wanted to make a change. I'm not so sure. I mean, I, I, it would not be beyond me to find out that there were people within the Democrat Party that had something to do with that. And I, I can hear the people screaming at me already, Dave, they wouldn't do that. Yeah, and you said they wouldn't do the Trump dossier. They wouldn't lie on that either. But I'm just telling you. I think they're doing everything they can to keep people from thinking about the real issues that are it's going a on right now.
5: It's smoke and mirrors, smoke and mirrors.
2: A lot of it, a lot of it. I, I, I don't trust the Democrats as far as I can see them, and I can't see very far if I take my glasses <laughs> off.
5: But I, just I, you, I, I see a good <laughs> November. Uh, I, unfortunately, we're people are hurting right now. People are yep. hurting. And we can't get November. We can't get January here quick enough. It's a shame that people are hurting uh, when we have gas reserves, oil reserves, uh, and we're not using those reserves and reducing the cost for pub- the public out there. Right?
2: How do you now. see it uh, looking? We got two minutes here. How do you see it ending up in the state? Do we pick up a few more seats over in the House? Maybe one in the
5: Senate? You know, I'm, I'm not uh, at the heartbeat anymore down at the party, but I, I believe that we will pick up uh, two or three seats in the House and maybe a seat or two in the Senate, probably one in the Senate, uh, so the legislature will become more more Republican than it has been in the past. I think we'll get to 80 in the House? We'll get to 80. There and I think go. we'll elect every That'd be congressman, incredible. every senator, Uh, every constitutional officer will be Republican again.
2: All I can say is that's incredible. I got here in 2000, and let me remind you, there were four Republicans in the House and one in the Senate.
5: And let's remember, we would not be where we are legislatively if we were not a a Republican state. If we were still the dark blue Democrat state, you could forget any of these reforms that have occurred.
2: I agree. Be glad that it's red now. I'm just telling you that. Doyle Webb, thanks so much for coming in and meeting us uh, today here on the Dave Ellswick Show, talking about Lieutenant Governor's race. You're feeling, I feel you're feeling
5: positive about it? I feel good. I've worked hard, Continue to work hard. I'll work till the polls close on Election Day.
2: All right. We'll keep talking to the candidates all the way up to Election Day. Election Day, nobody comes on except for you when we talk about who you think should be in the next office. I'm Dave Ellswick. See you at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. It's a Thursday, so you know Duck, can, not, not Duck, but Joe will be around. We'll talk about cars here on the Dave Ellswick Show and a whole lot more. Be with me 6 a.m. tomorrow on 101.1 FM, The, the Answer.